Hi, and welcome to the launch of Resurgent You Today's Today podcast. I'm your host, Rosie Richel. This podcast is going to be all about personal growth and leadership development. Look, if you're looking to grow as a leader, advance your credibility, or just simply gain new insights into leadership and personal growth, I'm here to help you tackle those obstacles that are stopping you from becoming the best version of yourself. Together, you and I will work to unstick your stuck so you can become a leader worth following. In this first episode, I want to tell you a little bit about my story, where and how I grew up, my reason for starting this podcast, really my reason for starting a leadership and development business, and how I was able to ascend the ranks to retire as a chief deputy in a large law enforcement organization. So first, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about where I grew up and how I grew up. So I grew up in the Sacramento region, South area, and growing up, you know, I came from a family where my parents worked blue-collar jobs to support our family. My dad worked for the city in the Parks and Recreation Department, mowing lawns at the local parks and the schools, elementary schools. And I remember he'd always tell my brother and I, keep your head low, mind your own business, and you'll do just fine. And I held true to those words throughout my life, with only one caveat, though. I kept my head low, but I looked up on occasion to chart my path. See, I thought he had the best job in the world. He would drive his tra- I remember he'd drive his tractor home for lunch, and my brother and I'd go running out, and we'd totally ransack the saddlebags that were on the side of the tractor. There'd be baseballs, softballs, frisbees, all kinds of treasures, to name a few things that he'd picked up over the weekend or that were left over the weekend. And then there was my mom. My mom worked three jobs. She, she was a hard worker. And on the weekends, she was a hairdresser. And during the weekdays and nights, She worked as a cocktail waitress at two different restaurants, and I thought her job was pretty cool, too. I remember we'd get free haircuts and a lot of money for candy from all of her tips. Well, my mom was a tell-it-like-it-is kind of person. She didn't mess around. She had that. She was one of those people that had the look. She had the mom look. You knew if you were in trouble, she'd just look at you, and you all know what I'm talking about. She was one of those people that I remember she would tell my brother and I, nothing comes for free. You have to bust your ass to get ahead. And she wasn't lying. And I remember that. You see, my mom passed away over 30 years ago, but I remember those words. But what I didn't realize then, and I do now as an adult, is during those formidable years, my parents were upstanding and hardworking role models for my brother and I. They were pillars of society, working their butts off to support and provide for our family. They were instilling values for my future success, and I wanted nothing for my childhood. They were the best role models any kid could have asked for. They held our feet to the fire when necessary, but they also rewarded us when we deserved it. See, growing up, I believed we lived a great life. I had no reason to believe any different. However, it wasn't until I went to high school, literally and figuratively, on the other side of the tracks, we called it the proverbial hood, that I was exposed to luxury homes and all the trappings of wealth. See, this lifestyle was no better than mine, just a little different. You know, I went to school with with friends that had houses with indoor swimming pools on the lake. They had houses that had a living room and a family room. And they had BMWs and Mercedes that they would get for their 16th birthday. And I remember thinking to myself, man, how do you get how do you get that? How do you become rich? How do you live on the rich side of the tracks? And so during high school, you know, I worked odds and end jobs here and there. I was mowing lawns, fixing up apartments making pizzas, and carrying out groceries as a courtesy clerk. And I remember it was that time when I was carrying out groceries and I was working at the grocery store, I'd hear sirens go back and forth. I'd see ambulances go back and forth. I would see cop cars go back and forth. 
And I remember I wanted to be either in that ambulance or in that cop car. There was four things I wanted to be when I, when I was young. I wanted to be a paramedic. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a veterinarian. And I wanted to be a cop. And I don't know which one, and I did not know really which one I was going to be when I grew up, but I knew that's what I wanted to be. I had this calling to help people. And so I remember one day I thought, I'm going to do something about it. So I attended a community college and got my emergency medical technician certification. And I remember I was so pumped. I was so excited that I'd finally accomplished one of my dreams. I was one step closer to doing one of the four things that I wanted to do when I grew up. And I remember when that dream became a reality. See, I started working on the ambulance as an EMT, and I worked there for about six and a half years. And then during that time frame, I remember thinking, I want to become a cop. How do you become a cop? So I started asking some friends. And I remember back in the late 80s, nobody was hiring. The economy was slowing. But damn it, I wasn't going to let that hold me back. I kept testing. And I was told no so many times. I thought I would never get into law enforcement. I literally tested for four years straight. Test after test. Physical agility test after physical agility test. I mean, I was getting run down thinking I was just going to be a professional test taker. And so I just remember thinking about what my mom said and taking her advice. And so I just busted my ass to get ahead. I learned how to pay my way to go through the academy. I went through two academies. I went through the Reserve Academy first to follow up with a full-time academy to make myself more marketable. I obtained two more part-time jobs to pad my resume, one as a security guard at a local hospital and one as an emergency ambulance dispatcher working graveyards. In all, during that time, I worked four jobs concurrently. I worked as an EMT Fridays and Sundays, 24 hours a day. I attended the basic academy Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, and all day Saturday. And in between that, I worked part-time jobs as a reserve police officer, a security guard, and an emergency dispatcher to pay my way through the academy. And I did this for 10 months. This schedule was grueling. And that's why I say, when you want something bad enough and your dream is out there, you will do what you need to do to get there. And I remember when I was finally rewarded with a full-time job in a nearby local agency. So I served over 30 years in public safety and I was able to retire as a chief deputy from a large law enforcement agency. I worked six and a half years on the ambulance and I worked 26 years as a cop. And I remember after navigating the complexities of promoting through the ranks, supervising and managing people, dealing with the worst society had to offer, I'd finally had enough. I was tired of people treating people like crap. I remember I had to do something about it. And so here's where my intentional journey into leadership really began, my journey into personal growth. Back in 2011, I was a captain in our department. And during that time, I was there for a year, my first assignment, and I was responsible for reviewing over 52 complaints. And in law enforcement, the complaints varied. Most all of the complaints, if not all of them, had some component of how people treated one another. Whether it was external or internal to the organization, I remember thinking to myself, enough is enough. I am sick of spending my time dealing with complaints and poor behavior. As a captain, I had better things to do, and I should have had better things to do, but instead I spent my time dealing with other people's issues. So after that first year in that assignment, I went on to another assignment where I became the chief of police. And in that assignment, I remember to this day, I walked in and literally the first week, I had two more complaints sitting on my desk. And I remember thinking to myself, what the hell are people thinking? 
Why are people treating each other like crap? It doesn't matter where I go. I'm dealing with these issues constantly. Whether it was poor behavior, whether people were backstabbing one another, whether they were one-upping, sabotaging, starting rumors, or downright being mean. And I remember telling myself, they need to do something. And then I paused for a second. I thought, wait a minute. We don't have a they bureau. We don't have a they unit or a they division. It's you. You're the they. And then you talk about an aha moment. See, I got stuck in that trap of pointing my finger that everybody else needs to do something, but here I am, a chief, and I'm thinking, nope, it's you. You're the one that has to do something about this. From that point forward till today, that's when I became a mission-driven leader to grow myself and others. I told myself I'd have to do something. I got to say something. I need to speak up about leadership. I didn't know what I was going to say, how I was going to do it. What do you, I didn't even know what platform I was going to use or anyone would even care to listen to me. And I remember it took me three years to develop my first leadership course. And now, seven years later, I have my own leadership business. I teach leadership, not just to law enforcement, but to public and private sector. I speak at leadership conferences. I coach individuals and organizations how to accelerate leadership potential in not only themselves, but in their employees. And I have a multitude of leadership and personal growth courses that I teach, developed a vault of leadership coaching content that I use, again, for individual and team building. And I've written four books, all in various stages of publication, started this podcast, and guess what? I am finally living my dream. So look, I'm no different than you. I'm someone who worked hard to get to where I am. I have a family I adore, and they adore me. And I dream big every day. The only difference between you and I right this minute while I'm talking is that I finally said enough's enough and took intentional action to fulfill my personal and professional goals. I want to help you do the same. See, leadership is all about personal growth and influencing others. So tune in as I discuss strategies to help you move forward in your personal and professional growth. The only thing I ask is that you listen to each episode truly with an open mind and an open heart. In each episode of my podcast, I will help you identify your unique strengths, define your goals, clarify your values and purpose, and develop essential leadership and personal growth qualities that will open doors you never thought could open. So if you want to learn more about me and my leadership development business, you can go to my website at www.richelgroup.com. It's my last name, R-I-C-H-E-A-L group.com. You can join me on Facebook, Instagram, and most of all, you can listen to my Resurgent You podcast at www.resurgentu with the letter U podcast.com. So look, go and stick your stuck. Today's the day you awaken your resurgent you. Now go get yours.